And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Right Work, excuse me, Doing the Work postgame show as today, your number 10 ranked Indiana Hoosiers actually yesterday defeated the number 20 Ohio State Buckeyes, 86 to 66. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, here with our co-host, Kathy Amos, and we will break it all down for you on this edition of Doing the Work, the new show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. Let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And today's banner moment comes from Mackenzie Holmes. At the 8 minute and 35 second mark last night of the fourth quarter, she became the 30th Indiana Hoosier to score her 1,000th point, and she actually ended up with nine more points for the game. And she now is, I believe, ranks 28th on the scoring list at Indiana as she moved up just with those points. So congratulations, Mackenzie, for the banner moment. And also today, she was named the Big Ten Player of the Week for women's basketball. And as always, our banner moment today is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. In case you missed it, Homefield recently did a brand refresh of their IU collection, adding three new items to bring their extensive IU collection to more than 40 items. They, have, they also have vintage apparel for more than 120 colleges and universities across the country, so there truly is something for almost everyone at Homefield. All of their comfortable, high-quality shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies, all items will be 15% off with the code HOME, that's H-O-M-E, home, for first-time purchases. And remember, items are subject to sell out, and Homefield recommends ordering as early as possible so their warehouse and shipping carriers have plenty of time to get shirts to you for the holiday season. So go to homefieldapparel.com today and start planning ahead. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com and wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And here with the Amos Angle, <laughs> Kathy Amos. Yeah, we've redubbed my uh, my section now, haven't we? So, yeah, I, I just want to I want to jump on with your your banner moment with my opening thoughts and just uh, just again congratulations to Mackenzie Holmes and a, a career night for her and just already doing that in her beginning of her junior year to me is just a, a fantastic accomplishment and uh, I know she'll just continue to just uh, to rise and hopefully we'll see her crack that top ten before she leaves leaves us from Indiana. In addition to just the record-setting night for MAC, I think it's it's good to point out that it's a record-setting night for our women's program as well. So last year when they won on the road at Ohio State, it was the first time, I think, in a couple of decades since they had won on the road. And then to back that up now and continue their streak against Ohio State, I think, is just a fantastic accomplishment for Terry Morin and our Indiana women's program to say how far they have really come under under her guidance and uh, I, I just think all around congratulations to, to the women last night, especially was just a fantastic win for the program. Another top 25 win, uh, which will really be needed coming down the stretch, as um, I'm sure we'll talk about in the macro of the Big Ten, that this is absolutely one of those games that really bolsters their the resume and they did it in resounding fashion. There was no no worry about if they were going to be doing the work or not last night. They sure did from start to finish. It was a just a fantastic game. Yeah, and I want to point out, how about the defensive effort last night? To, especially in that first quarter, they came out, and we'll get into the numbers a little bit later, but really set the tone defensively in the first quarter. And as you mentioned, a place that had really been a very tough place to win 
And Ohio State had kind of been, even with our some of our better teams, a, a thorn in our side. And so, Kathy, what, what just what kind of stood out to you about the defensive effort last night? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so, um, if we look at just like our steals, we had um, four steals, and again, it just it's one of those games you look at our, our start to look at our box number, and you say only four steals. It just felt so much more than that. And um, holding uh, Ohio State to 36% field goal percentage overall. But I think the real story of the game is looking at the total points that Ohio State scored. So coming into this game, they were averaging averaging 88 points per game and we held them to 66. I, I think that was just you that was enough of any of the numbers and I know we'll dive into them more deeply here, but that is enough of the numbers to me that tells you the story that our defense was fantastic. Yeah, and and I thought that Nicole Cardano Hillary really kind of helped set that tone early on in the game with that. Um one thing that really stood out to me in the game was there were a couple times in the second quarter and in the third quarter where Ohio State kind of made a quick opening run and we responded. We didn't let them really dip dip, dip into the lead. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, definitely one of the moments I, I want to point out when we get to our meaningful moments is uh, one one of those particular times, I think, that in the fourth quarter where Ohio State was starting to make a run. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and like I said, I don't want to delve too much in the numbers because we have our inside the numbers segment coming up. So coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Ohio state, we will point out today's meaningful moments and you, you might've missed. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to doing the work. Yeah, and you're listening to Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. I'm Jeff Marlowe. I'm here with my co-host, Kathy Amos, and we're breaking down Indiana's big win against number 20 Ohio State last night. And it's time for today's meaningful moments that you may have missed. So, Kathy, I'll throw it to you for the first meaningful moment. Yeah, I'm going to go right into the one I, I, I kind of alluded to. It was in the fourth quarter with uh, 7.40 to go. And there was a shot clock malfunction. And that was right when Ohio State was really making a run. And it maybe had flashbacks maybe to one of the men's games we might have just watched last week. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no, here we go again. There's about seven minutes and 40 seconds left. And at one point, we had built the lead to around 26. And Ohio State had gotten it down to 15, which 15 sounds like still a great lead. But when you've already lost that, you know, 11, it was 11-point um, lead. 11 points of that lead, I thought it was really telling. And so they were able to actually buy a timeout essentially with that malfunction and they really utilized it and coming right out of that, uh, they came in and Ohio State had the ball. Mac had a block down low, which was, she had a, a number of those, but um, she had that block down low, got it out to Allie and then ran down the floor, got the ball back from Allie and Mac went in to finish and finished through contact to get an and one. And to me, that was a great turning tide for the team again to come out, get together, use their defense to spark their offense. And it was a fantastic moment uh, in that game. And I don't think after that, I felt any qualms or nervousness or any any need to look back at that game and finish strong with that 20 point win. Yeah, and for me, I want to go back to the beginning of the third quarter. Ohio State had scored the first five points to cut a 14-point lead down to nine. And if you were going to start feeling nervous about a game on the road, it was in that moment. And then we went on a 15-3 to run over the next about uh, three and a half minutes. 
and really kind of pulled away from so it went from 43 34 to 58 to 37 and to me that really kind of was the game i do agree with you that fourth quarter where they kind of chipped it back to 14 i was back in my coach's head i'm sitting there like "Eh." but i felt like that we could make enough plays down the stretch that would be hard for them to come all the way back from that big a deficit. But to me, it was that, you know, kind of the second half beginning of third quarter where I thought that was the most meaningful moment. Anything else you want to point out? Yeah, there was um, on the flip side, we'll go to the first half because it was a fantastic half, right? We came out the game on fire, started on an 8-0 run, causing Ohio State to take a timeout with only a couple of minutes into the game. But the one moment I really wanted to point out actually came in the second quarter, and it was uh, from from Nikki. And we um, have someone in the chat asking about her defense and how aggressive she is and pointing Mm -hmm. that out. And this is exactly a play that pointed that out. So Nikki was down on defense, and she was really getting into it. The ball came loose. There was a scramble for it. She dove onto the floor, got the ball and passed it back out to one of her teammates. And it led to another, a bucket on the other end. And it was just, there were so many of those moments, but that one to me was really meaningful because one really highlighted Nikki in particular with her defense and two, just showing you how your tough defense can really lead to offense on the other end. Yeah. And I thought that was, it was a, as Denny kind of points out in the chat mob, it was, you know, uh, felt like Ohio state, maybe a little rough. And, and I just thought it was a good rough Big Ten battle, which too, I think helped us. I think we are kind of a physical defensive team. We were on the road. Now, the one thing I pointed out in that stretch is we were starting to get in foul trouble. Alexa had two, Grace had two, and maybe even Chloe McNeil Moore had picked up another, had picked up two fouls. So we didn't have a lot of fouls, but it seemed like they were all on about three people. And I kind of made my kind of a comment in my notes when it was around 23-17. I was like, foul trouble, question mark, question mark, because right. that was kind of where I thought maybe Ohio State might be able to do something if they got us in some foul trouble. But the group that stayed out there on the floor, and I thought Coach Morin did a really good job of kind of shuttling. She got Alexa back in. She got Grace back in at different points, took them out again. So I thought she did a real good job of kind of juggling the lineup there with some foul trouble on the road against a top 20 team. And as we talked about in the community a little bit, with Ari that there's not a ton of opportunities in the Big Ten for these type of top 20 wins. Ohio State, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, but there's just right now not a lot of teams top of the Big Ten that can provide you those kind of quality wins. So when you look for tournament seating later in the year, but also for me, just the fact you could go on the road in the Big Ten and get to 2-0, and uh, you won at home. Now you went on the road, you're two and oh, you're at the top of the standings, and it, at least you're not feeling like you're chasing. Right now, you're right there with you know the teams you think are going to be in contention. And so you just, you know, you you haven't lost any ground. Right, absolutely. And 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 we've had some tough, tough losses in terms of we were right there with some really fantastic teams that really have final four uh, possibilities mm. earlier in the year. And now we're going into finals week here. They have a nice break where they can really take some time to evaluate both the, the those losses, but as well as what they did so well in this game and, and really start to build off of that in practice. And then we have some, you know, some um, easier games coming up, hopefully <laughs> easier. And uh, until we get back into the, the meat of Big Ten play here in January, which will include Maryland almost, I think, right out of the gate. So. Yeah, I think that's I think 
Sorry, I interrupted you. That's, I believe that's January 2nd yep. is that Maryland game, and that will be a huge game in the conference. Um, I also want to point out, and again, we'll get to the numbers a little bit. I thought Grace Berger had a really solid game. And, and like I said, we'll get into the numbers. But she even – we talked on the Grace Berger episode earlier last week. She she even, you know, kind of you know said herself she had been struggling with her shot. And, and anybody who's been watching the team had seen that she was struggling with shooting the ball from um, – from outside and from even norm, her normal mid-range game. So I thought it was really important to see maybe that could be the start of Grace getting back to the Grace Burger we know who makes shots and then does all those other things, rebounding, assists. But I thought that could be huge because – Allie Patberg plays her normal game. She just, you know, she she you know did a little bit of everything last night, and you didn't have to necessarily rely on Allie to give you 17 or 18. Everybody else was doing the scoring, and I thought that was a, a big moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think going back to the game before this, which I know we didn't um, have a post-game show from that's from Fairfield, mm. but I started to see the glimpses of Grace coming back as well yes. during that game. And I think she really built off of that in this game for Absolutely. So yeah, what did well, Grand Grace ended up with 21 points on nine of 13 shootings. So yeah, just in uh, three of three free throws, which we often uh, appreciate the women and her her free th- their free throw shooting. I think again. <laughs> and, and I think somebody who gets lost in the in the kind of the team aspect is Alexa Goldbait. For me, Alexa is the glue kid with this group. She's willing. She does kind of everything. Grace has talked about this on the episodes before that. You know, Lexa had the game. You mentioned the Fairfield game. I think she had 20, 20 plus points in that game, which is, you know, she's not usually a big score for the team. But when you look at what she does, she kind of gives you a little bit of um, maybe a race Thompson type feel for the men's team. She's going to get close to her 10 points. She's going to get five, six rebounds. She's going to get a couple. So she's usually going to guard one of the other team's best players. And, and she just it's so I and that was kind of the one I really felt foul trouble wise. Like, oh, man, great. You know, or Alexa, don't. We don't want you to be in foul trouble. Yeah. Because she's kind of that, she does that jack of all trades thing. Yep. I was actually, when you mentioned her, I was thinking, yeah, if we're going to try to do a player comparison, (laughs) if you will, it would have been to race on on the men's team as well. So if if I'm doing my Ryan, does that mean that she's like Draymond Green? Yeah. I guess so. We're really extrapolated. (laughs) Yeah. And we, again, we really hope everybody in the chat mob is appreciating all of this and, you know, that that we can make some comparisons. We're not trying to, you know, do anything negative. We really appreciate everything the, the kids are doing. So anything else that stood out to you, Kathy? No, I think moment wise, those were, those were the ones I had really written, wrote, written down when I was taking my notes. And I don't want to say this is a meaningful moment. I kind of wrote this down right at the beginning because I did not see the game against Fairfield. And so maybe you did, had seen something. But notice it, with everything Mac did the last week, her leg was wrapped. Her upper leg looked wrapped. And like, with you know, that I hadn't noticed before. Maybe it, Maybe it's been there and I just hadn't noticed. But was that something you noticed? You know what? I didn't even notice in this game either. So <laughs> it may have been wrapped in fair, Fairfield game and I just missed it. There you go. Yeah. Because a lot of times you see that, you kind of think, mm, somebody's got, she took maybe a knee or something. But again, I don't want to totally speculate just because right. um, I don't know. I never saw anything online about it either. But I just thought that was interesting. And maybe it's been there. So anything. So, well, next it's time to go inside the numbers. And, and I'm going to go first here with the, the number that really stood out to me in this win. And that's points in the paint. IU dominated this aspect. Indiana, 56 to 18 points in the paint. That, to me, was a huge stat on a team that's pretty physical and and is going to body you up. And you never know how it's going to go out on the road in the Big Ten. 
And for us to dominate the paint the way we did was huge. Yeah, that was the number one stat I wrote down in circles. And uh, my husband watched the game with me as, as he always does. And I looked at him and I would say, we had 56 of our 86 points were in the paint. And and I think the team understood that because from the beginning, I, th- I felt like to me that was their game plan was to really go in mm-hmm. inside the, to McKenzie and, and really get her the ball. I think if our on our 8-0 run, she had six of our eight points. And I don't think they ever abandoned that from, from again, from tip off until that final buzzer. I really felt that the game plan they came in with is the one they executed and it's the one they stuck with for the full 40 minutes of the game. And 56 to 18, I had to double check when I was writing down my notes. I'm like, is that right? I, it, yeah, yeah, definitely 56 to 18. Um, the other one I'm always watching for too on uh, on this team is turnovers. And we limited our turnovers um, here to 12 to 17 for Ohio State. So won the turnover battle here by by a margin of five as well. And, and we turned those turnovers into points. So the 17 turnovers that Ohio State had, we led and uh, turned those into 26 points. The 12 turnovers we had only led to 12, 12 points for Ohio State. So I, I I like looking at that differential. And again, not just looking only at turnovers, even though that is a lost possession, but what does the other team do with it? So not only did we limit our turnovers, but I think we really limited Ohio State from taking those turnovers and turning them into points as well. Yeah, and I'll point out on the turnovers, only one in the first quarter. Yes. Only one turnover in the first quarter, and that to me was a huge number as well. And I'll go back to the points in the paint. It's not just Mac. It's Nikki. It's Grace. It's Allie who are able to get you know get into the paint and make something happen. And, and I think that's a, a big thing. So um, the other number, I'll, I'll go to you here. What is there another number you wanted to point out? Yeah, the other number I wanted was an individual stat, and that was for McKinsey. And I alluded to this in one of my meaningful moments and talked about one of her blocks that she had. She ended up the night with five blocks. So she had all five blocks for the team. And again, whack to your your beginning of the show, talking about the defense from the team. She embodied everything that we we needed from somebody on defense. And that five blocks, if we're looking for numbers to back up our story, I think that is the one that tells the story. Right. Yeah, I know. and we held them to 36%. That's, yeah. That number was huge for me. Uh, I want to go into some of the individual kids, and obviously McKenzie we're going to talk a little bit about later, I think. And you know, But you mentioned Grace earlier, 9 of 13, 3 of 3 at the line for her 21 points, but she also had 7 rebounds, 5 assists. And so I thought those numbers from Grace. And then Nikki provided uh, 17 points on 6 of 11, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I was uh, I was thinking about them as well. Um, I, I I think to your point too, Allie had a had a, a steady game, right? Like if you look across her stats, you have eight um, points. A lot of those though came late. She was pretty quiet from a points perspective, but I, I didn't think it mattered on the night that McKenzie and Grace in particular and Nikki were having. We didn't need, as you pointed out, Allie to really get into that, you know, 15, 16 digit range. Um, I am going to go back to defense a little bit <laughs> again, because to me that was just so much fun to watch. And I'm going to go on the opposite side of the individual stats and talk about their number one scorer, who was um, Sheldon. So Sheldon yes. averages um, around 18 points a game. She did end up with 23 points, um, it, but that all came in the second half. She had two 
in the first half. And I think that really showed, again, how the, the team was really focusing and understanding their game plan. Now, she broke loose in that second half, I think, along with uh, Mike Sell. But they have three people that double, that average in the double-digit teens. And um, we had Sheldon with 23 and Mike Sell with 15. The rest of them were less than 10 on mm -hmm. single digits. So, again, 66 points for a team that averages 88 is just fantastic. Yeah, and I'll point out, we only shot three free throws in the first half. And so that was kind of to build that lead that we did to be up – 43 to 29 with only going to the free throw line three times, I thought was a huge stat. Anything else in the numbers you want to talk about, Kathy? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, if you look at rebounding, it was about even 35 to 38. Um, there were, uh, we had a slight disadvantage, but three rebounds to me isn't, isn't much. But I think, yeah, the holding them to the 66 points along with the 56 points to 18 in the paint. I think those two net stats in particular really tell the the story of the game. Yeah. And I really do too. And, and to, again, the most important stat two and zero in the big 10. Yes. hundred so, percent. Next on doing the work, we hand out our game balls and who's your hustle award. Then we introduce a new segment before looking ahead to Indiana's next opponent. That's up next here on doing the work. You're listening to the Doing the Work IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following IU most IU women's basketball games. You can also find us hopefully the day after if we're not immediately after the game. We want to kind of make this a regular thing. Kathy and I, we're trying to work through some of the kinks in the schedule for us, but we want to make sure that we're trying to do every game as best we can. You can find us on our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with your co-host, Kathy Amos, and we're breaking down Indiana's win against Ohio State. It's now time for our game balls. And Kathy, I'll let you go first. I think this might be another another uh, game that we're pretty unanimous on. Another another time that this one was pretty easy. I, I don't know how you don't give it in this case to McKenzie, McKenzie Holmes. Again, uh, a thousand point player now joining the club. Started off at 30th and heard the 30th player to, to reach that mark and now up to 28th, even within the same game. Five blocks and uh, just and just from start to finish, I thought both ends of the floor for her were, were just fun to watch. And I, I love watching her and um, and a well-deserved Big Ten player of the week already announced um, earlier this this morning today for, for McKenzie. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go with McKenzie. There for a little bit, I was kind of up between her and Grace when they were both right around the 19-point mark. And I was kind of, you know, and of course, I'm sure people would thought I was a little biased being you know, with the Grace Burger Show. But um, McKenzie really had a great fourth quarter as well. She And was steady, as you mentioned. She scored six of her first eight. I think I had her down for um, seven or six. Five of the our last five points, I think, all came from Mac as well. So she was consistent throughout the game, and she also hit a three. And that's yeah. just something we've continued to see as Mackenzie Holmes being able to step out. If she ever gets to the point where she has the ability to put the ball on the floor and be able to make people come out and guard and then shot fake and go by a little bit, she's really going to be a very difficult person to guard. I mean, she is already, but I'm, we're talking about next level type, def, you know, issue that you would have to defend so i'm going to go with mckenzie holmes and that gives mac two 
game balls so far and the three that we've awarded nicole cardano hillary has the other one and now it's time for the hoosier hustle award sponsored by our friends at evansville security services evansville security services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout indiana remember prevention cannot be measured so let evansville security services help you prevent a bad outcome today Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. And you're listening to the Doing the Work IU postgame show with Jeff Marlowe alongside my host, Kathy Amos. And Kathy, again, since you're the co-host tonight, I'll let you go first on the Hustle Award. All right. So this one was a little harder for me. I, I think for me, it really came down between Grace and between her and Nikki. Um, both of them really contributed to the points column, uh, 21 for Grace, 17 for Nikki, um, five assists for Grace, four for, for Nikki, um, seven rebounds each. So from a, if you're looking at the numbers, it is really hard to, to pick. I ended up going with Grace mainly because I looked then at the turnovers and unfortunately Nikki had four of our team's 12 turnovers where Grace had none. And um, to me, that that's very important to value that ball. And I thought Grace really just did a, a nice job on the um, defensive end as well. We've already talked about Nikki's defense, but really hard to pick between them. So if there's anything, I just take turnovers and that's what swayed me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Nikki here. I thought Nicole, Nicole Cardano, Hillary, and Grace were the two for this. But Nikki just kind of set the tone. I thought defensively yeah. with her energy and the way she was getting after it and, and got off to a pretty decent start offensively. She kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half. But as you mentioned, 17 points, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals. All right. Um, Grace didn't have any steals. So that's kind of where I'm going toward that. I, I'm a little bit more, I guess I'm willing to give my point guard kind of a benefit of the doubt on some, on some turnovers. Yeah. You know, when you're handling the ball as much as she did in 37 minutes of playing time, she still had a positive, you know, she was four to four. So the one to one's not great, but I I'm going to cut my point guard a little bit of slack with that. So I'm going to go with Nikki, and judging by what we see in the yep. chat mob, I think Nikki will be our, our Hoosier Hustle Award today. Very well-deserved. Like I said, I, I had a hard time between the two of them, so I have zero qualms with that whatsoever. And so <laughs> that will get – I'm sorry. Very well-earned, yeah. <laughs> and I, So that gives Nikki – a Hoosier Hustle Award, and that's a tie now. We've had three different winners of the Hoosier Hustle Award in our three post-game shows. So Grace, McKenzie, and Nikki all with a Hoosier Hustle Award. And and so that was, you know, you know, good kudos to those two. Mackenzie Holmes, our player of the game, and Nicole Cardano Hillary with the Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by Evansville Security Services. Any yeah. lingering uh, any other lingering storylines for you? My, this is also for the people we do have out in the chat mob who are following what's well, live. If you have any any lingering questions you have, post them in the chat here. We'll try and answer a couple of them if we can. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, Jeff, I think, and again, we we talked about this a little bit in in our private community today, and it's the same lingering question I think we've had on all three, and it's our bench play. We haven't talked about our bench play, um, but again. Uh, only played eight this time, which is about seems like the rotation coach Morin seems to have in these these games in particular. But our bench only put up two points. And at some point, as you mentioned, the foul trouble earlier um, 
I'm afraid it's, it might catch up with us if we really have have trouble with people going out for fouls or whatever. And I just somehow I hope we can find some way to get some more production from our bench. So that's probably from the negative side of my lingering question. In terms of what I like to leave on a positive, though, I think is what I think our Real Hustle Award alludes to with this team, and it's just the balance that this team has. And the fact that we've had three different players in the three shows that we've done all get a Real Hustle Award, I think that it shows that this team just really has has bought into the do the work slogan from coach Morin and they all hustle and are really well balanced. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of piggyback with the concern about uh, depth. And I was really kind of the one who brought that up in the private community today. And if you haven't had the opportunity to join the private community, again, at assemblycall.com, join our private community. Cause not only are we talking women's basketball, but we're talking the men's basketball. Um, and if you get the opportunity um we also, you know, to, to you can jump in. We've talked about other IU sports, soccer, baseball at different times, football during football season. So it's really a great community for our fans who have not joined the assemblycall.com community. Join. It, it, and you get Tony Adranja's film room with the men's side and, and, and such. So there's a lot of things that go along with the membership and things that, that you possibly can get into. But um, I was the one who kind of brought up the depth. And I will say this, that uh, Ari, who is one of our producers, feels like there's kind of an issue with that throughout the big 10 and, and i'm kind of old school coach i like having i personally want to go nine or ten deep but it's it's just the fact that when we play eight chloe played 15 minutes but then you only had grace with seven and keandra brown was six and so i i just would like to see the minutes to, and i go it's a little harder in that ohio state game i i get that but um, I think the Fairfield game was a little better idea because, again, blowout win. And what we'll see, hopefully, with Western, you know, what I want to hopefully see with Western Michigan and Wright State come up, that we can get those numbers for the starters down into the 20s, get the bench some positive minutes. Just because I, I know it's the way Coach Morin is, and I respect everything that 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 Terry has done with the program and doing the do the work. But I just like having more depth, and I'm not sure you, as a coach, you ever have enough. Right. I, I, I agree. And um, I, I particularly would love to see Keonda Brown start to get some more minutes if possible. I, I think she's one that can come off the bench and really be able to give Max some rest that she, I think she's really going to need into that, you know, February timeframe when they've really gotten into the, the heart of the Big Ten schedule for the women and maybe need some extra rest going into hopefully postseason. So Keander Brown, I think in particular, is very intriguing to me. She I think can really do a lot for this team that maybe you don't necessarily see on the stat sheet, but I think we need more than six minutes out of her. And, and Quang brought that up in the chat about what do we think of six man Brown? And I, I like Keandra Brown. I, I'm with you. I'd like to see some more minutes for her. And now that Mac has shown at least the ability to stretch the floor a little bit, would be interesting to see her play Keandra at the five and Mac at the four for a short stretch and then have Mac get a couple of minutes of rest. So you get four or five minutes there for Keandra rather than a couple she gets at a time, because right now it's pretty much her in for Mac. Mac right. comes back and such. Um, but I really would like to see a little more from Keandra. And, and, and you know, I, I'd like to see Chloe be more productive on scoring. I mean, she's not hurting us. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, she got 15 minutes last night. And she didn't score, and she had four fouls. I, I just want to see more positive, what we used to call crooked numbers. 
I want to see crooked numbers from Chloe in the, the rebounds, in the scoring, in the steals, things like that. That's what that's what I want to see from the bench. Yeah. The, and the person we didn't see last night was Caitlin Peterson. Um, she's the freshman who was starting to get a little more, yes. more, more time. I, I'm hopeful here, too, in some of these non-conference games that we have left that um, maybe Caitlin can get in and get some more experience. Because from what I saw of her, it, it's really rough. But I think there's a lot of talent there that really could use some of that that playing time if we can get it for her in some of these games. She's kind of raw. I mean, she's just yeah. athletic ability has gotten her probably by her high school career, judging by what I've seen so far. But that's a kid that I think as a sophomore, junior, senior could play a big role. And I know we're playing for now, too. But um, you just I'm with you, Caitlin. You know, she'd be one that I'd like to see a little more of. Um, I, I will go back to Denny kind of put in the chat mob mm -hmm. about a chest bump between Mac and Grace. Yeah. I, that's kind of my positive is you can tell this team enjoys playing together. And I think that's a product of them being together for so long. But you don't see. Even when something goes wrong, you don't see too much finger pointing or somebody looking at each other like, hey, wait a minute. You know, they, they're there. They're going to help each other up. They're going to chest bump. And, and, and I kind of like that quiet confidence that you can see they have. I mean, maybe swag would be the word, but they're not out and about. Coach Tonsoni always talks about popping the collar and stuff. Right. You don't see them so much with that. But you can tell there's a confidence in themselves and a confidence in the team. And I thought that showed last night in that chest bump between Mac and Grace Elmo's not Grace over. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And she did. She had to, I think she had to grab her hands to keep her from falling. So yeah, I noticed that too. That was that was um that was a fun moment. Um so Denny here asked as well, Coach, I'll ask ask you. Um turn the tables, I'll play host for a second. So do you think Wagner gets open a lot, but seldom gets the ball when she is in? and Or maybe is it just Benny? I think she gets open. And and, and and maybe I'm not watching it co quite close enough. I think Grace plays a really good role for us. I'd like to see her be a little more productive. Um, yeah. She had seven minutes last night um, and had, you know, two fouls and a turnover. But I, I think there's part of that where – I don't want to say she's afraid because I'd hate to think any D1 player is afraid, but I think she just under, she feel like her role is to go out there and guard and pass and I, you know, screen kind of being like that old fashioned Brian Sloan type player. Your job is to, you know, if you, if she's doing her job, well, you're almost not noticing her. And, yeah. uh, but I, I do agree with Denny that I think Wagner would be one that maybe we could get a little more production out of as well. Yeah. So she didn't take a shot last night. No. Um, I don't remember her being open. So, Denny, to your point, I, I, I think it isn't just you. I think um, I don't remember her having the ball to take a shot. So uh, I, I don't know if she's just passing it as soon as she gets it or if she's not getting it. And that will, I'll start watching a yes. little carefully here when, when she gets in on which way it's going. But that's a great question, Denny. Yeah, and that might be something for us to come back to a later episode after watching a couple more games, because I agree, Dan. I, I'm with Kathy. I hadn't quite paid that much attention to whether she was not getting it or might maybe passing up some shots, but I'm going to keep an eye on that. That's a great question from the chat mob. So um, any other anything else here on the lingering storylines, Kathy, for you? Uh, no, no lingering storylines beyond what we've talked about. So. Well, our next game is going to be Sunday. The late the Hoosiers are off until uh, Sunday. It is finals week this week in Bloomington, and so I know the practice schedule is getting a little bit you know moved around and things. So because the kids are having finals, but they will play Sunday against Western Michigan. That's a one o'clock Eastern time start. Uh, 
at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. That is on, you know, on Big Ten Plus. So unless you have a um, Big Ten Plus subscription or go get one, you won't be able to watch the game. I would, you know, we, hopefully everybody who we're talking, you know, go out and get one. I guess I go should on. plug for the Big Ten maybe. But um, <laughs> but that game is on Big Ten Plus. Uh, we will not be doing a live show after that game. We will be doing a, a show on Monday. Um, we have some family I have some family obligations on Sunday with Christmas is the holiday season coming around with family. So we'll be doing with that. Um, and then on Tuesday, next week, next Tuesday, the 21st, they host Wright State at six o'clock or excuse me, at seven o'clock Eastern. And that game also at Simon Scott Assembly Hall is on Big Ten Plus. And Kathy and I will hopefully be doing a live show immediately after that game on Tuesday, the 21st. So that's our upcoming schedule. And Kathy, I, I saw this on the schedule and maybe you noticed that one of those games is a they're billing it as a silent night. Oh no, I haven't seen that. And I'm assuming that means they're kind of, if, for those of our chat mob, kind of like, Taylor University has become really well known for the Silent Night game, um, and and so it's it's a very interesting concept. If you haven't seen it, Google Taylor University Silent Night, and you'll catch. And that's what I'm wondering. I'm I I don't want to assume too much, but I got a feeling that's what they're trying to do. But I I don't know that for a hundred percent. But I do know I'm pretty sure that game was being billed as a Silent Night game. Okay. One of those. I can't remember which one. Whether right. it's the 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 the, the Western Michigan or Wright State. So, but that's our upcoming schedule. Also, don't forget on Thursday of this week, the men are also off this week because of finals. They won't play again until Saturday against Notre Dame. And that and the crew will have the after the Notre Dame postgame show on Saturday, right after that game in the Crossroads Classic, which I believe is the last Crossroads Classic. Yep. Last of the Crossroads Classic games. Uh, also, don't forget that there is an AC radio show on Thursday night that you can watch here on you on the YouTube channel as well. All right. So that's what's upcoming on AC radio and AC postgame shows, including doing the work here with Kathy and I. Um, and you you're listening to the doing the work IE postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. And it's time for last call. Kathy, I'll let you go first. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just going to end again on my same opening thoughts I had. I just, again, congratulations to McKenzie on a record-setting night. It was a career high for her. She joined the 1,000 Points Club and to our, our women's team for continuing that winning streak against Ohio State. Going to an O in, in the Big Ten to start off is just fantastic, leading into finals week and still maintaining their 10th their ranking in the nation. I think overall it's just it was a fun game to watch. I thought it was a complete game that our, our starters in particular, but our bench did what we needed to, to do in this game. Coming in, holding a team of Ohio State's caliber on the road to 22 points less than their their season average of what they're scoring and just a balanced approach. I, I just, I loved watching this game. There was, there was very few moments in the game that uh, it didn't make me happy watching this team play. Yeah. And I really enjoy this game because against a quality team like Ohio state, my last call is just, this is how good this team can be both offensively and defensively. They're not going to wow you with three point shooting. Um, they, they were four for nine. And if you can get this team to shoot 44% from three on limited takes, they're not going to, they're not going to be volume shooters from three. This is a team that is going to try to get inside of 15 feet to thrive. And you saw this last night 
against a good Ohio State team. That's a good team. That and they're top twenty. They dropped it a little bit today. I think to twenty third or twenty four, but still, it's a top twenty, top twenty five team that they went in on the road. And a team, as Kathy pointed out, has really they've struggled with historically, and just put a number on them. And and this is how good this team could be. And it's and to me, Kathy, it's interesting because had a couple shots gone a different way, we could be talking about a team that's undefeated at this point. That right. that they could have very easily beat Stanford. They could have they not easily, but had they made a shot there with about a minute and a half, minute forty five to go to get that game to a one possession game, North Carolina State. That game may have been a different outcome. So this is a team that even though it has two losses, their upside is really high. And as I mentioned on the last show, if you're kind of joining us and wondering what this is about, you know, why are we talking about the women? This team's fun to watch. They play a kind of an old style Indiana basketball. Terry Morin, go back kind of my age. And, and I remember seeing Terry play in high school at Seymour. I was in, they were in our conference when I was in high school. And just you can tell that she kind of brings that older, you know, mentality. It's not motion per se on offense, but they're going to move the ball. They're going to move players and they're going to get up on you defensively and they're just going to harass the crap out of you. And it's a really an enjoyable team to watch. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And just I think we've only got more of this to come from them, hopefully, as the, the season continues. So, um, yeah, I think. I think Jeff, well, that hit all of the the points I really wanted to make. So I'm I'm pretty good, pretty happy. And we just want we want to shout out to everybody that's been watching, whether you catch us on YouTube or you're watching us live. Denny, Quang, the others. So Brian, Brian was in there. You spread the word. We really want to try and grow this. We're very appreciative of all of you who are, are giving us an opportunity to talk about the IU women, and, and we want their you know, we want them to 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 feel I should say it that way we want them to know that we appreciate them and that we and we appreciate the audience so we really want to push you know help us push out the show let your friends know and and if they can't watch us live like this we, you can always catch us on YouTube or on this assemblycall.com uh, community page where it'll get posted usually pretty quick after this show so I just want to make sure that our fans know that we really enjoy doing this for them. And and even though Kathy and I love women's basketball, we wanted to do this as a way for the IU fan, women's fan, to get some more input and talk about the team. Yeah, 100%. And along those same lines, thank um, Jared and Ari for helping us produce this and just the, the Back Home Network as well for, for sponsoring and letting us join the community here um, these last couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I, I hope, yes, to your point, Jeff, we can – spread the word and hopefully more people will start going to games if they're in the yep. area watching them on tv the more we can get them watched i think um it just again grows our our um our community. footprint as yeah our community a footprint as a program the more we can get them on national tv and get them mm. off of big 10 plus is more time that recruits get to see them on national tv and i think it just all keeps continuing to give back to our university so um, I, I hope people really start getting getting on with us and, and watching and following these ladies. And we want to, like I said, we want to thank all of you who are in the chat mob. And, and Sonny, want to thank you as well. And Denny, appreciate your comment about the Grace Burger Show. I've enjoyed doing that with her. But um, that looks like that'll do it. This has been Kathy Amos, and I'm Jeff Marlow. This has been the IU Women's Post Game Show, doing the work and celebrating an 86-66 to 66 victory on the road in Big Ten play over the Ohio State Buckeyes. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel 
youtube.com slash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to join or don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Monday of next week for the IU Women. Don't forget the AC Radio Show on Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 Eastern, I believe it is. And then also uh, the men's postgame show will be on Saturday after the Notre Dame game. Until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Uh